Um, thank God for his goodness of our lives. He's been good to us. He's been kind. Amen. So I was saying that when you find life very confusing, very, um, um, when you don't, when, when you don't know what to do and you're confused and troubled, it's not, it's not a normal place to be in. Are we together here? It's not a normal place to be in, right? It is, it is a sign of a, a major spiritual assault. Are you with me? The sign of what? A major spiritual assault. So, don't allow confusion for too long and don't get used to it. And don't allow doubts for too long and don't get used to it. Are you with me? You ought to reign. Amen. Regardless of where you're finding yourself. So you must, you must always look for that spot where you reign. Amen. Amen. So, um, don't normalize confusion. Confusion is not the kingdom of God. Are you with me, friends? Don't do what? Don't normalize confusion. When I ask you, how are you doing? What's your plan for life? You have to be, ex- you have to be exact and precise. You might, not be ex- you might not have the details, but you must know the outcome. Huh? You must know what? Was not the outcome of your life. And so don't normalize confusion. Don't normalize. Don't normalize faithlessness. Don't live at the mercies of a miracle. Huh? At the mercy of what? A miracle. You can't live. You can't need a miracle today. You get the miracle today. And then tomorrow you are back to your fitlessness and you need a miracle next tomorrow again. Get my point. There has to be a flow with your life. A flow of faith. A flow of assurance. So last um, week we were looking at Hebrews chapter 3. And we saw the story of those, the, uh, the children of Israel who tested God and they saw his works. You get my point? But the Bible says that that generation God was not pleased with. Huh? God was not pleased with that generation, right? They saw his works. I was angry with that generation and said, you get my point? So, um, the idea behind God angry is that that generation was disconnected from the mind of God. It was more of was more of a disappointment or an irritation. It's like seeing your son steal meat from the pot. It can be irritating, you know that. Knowing that all the it can have it can have anything he wants. You get my point? When when somebody you have covenant with is living below 
the, below the standard. So he was angry with that generation. And the reason is that they always go astray. I trust God that you would always not go astray. And the reason is that they have not known my what? My ways. So when we don't know his ways, go astray in our hearts. So knowing his ways will heal us. Are you together with me? Have you needed something and you sent somebody else to go talk to the person you needed something from? Because that person just knows how to talk to that person. What if you knew God that way? You, you know his ways. You know God has ways. God has ways. So we're looking at that last week. Then we went to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers 20 to understand, you know, when he called, when he called that day the day of rebellion. And friends, this is warfare. And the only answer to this warfare, this warfare rather, is to know God's ways. You can't, you can't, you can't battle Satan with determination. You can't. You can't battle Satan emotionally. You can't battle Satan. You, you see, any, any, any place you put your feet on that is not the word of God is the exact place you would experience defeat. So we have to look for his word and his ways. Are my friends here? They have not known my ways. So when we now went to Numbers chapter 20 and began to see, you know, and it was very clear from the very beginning of that text, starting from verse 2. Praise God. He says, now there was no water for the congregation. That's a situation, right? So many times situations expose the content of our hearts. You don't know what's in your heart until the situation happens, especially a situation that is contrary to your desire. So many times when those situations come, it's an opportunity to enforce God's ways. Are we here, friends? Now, there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together. And the people contended. Now, there was no water, and the response is they gathered against. So, from the get-go, you can see that these hearts are very strange hearts. That how, how can lack, your response to lack is... Is um, what do you call it? They gather together. What's that? When people gather together against somebody, eh? conspiracy or what? Eh? Rebellion. How, how how do you have luck? And you and you guys conspire against the person who has sacrificed his life for you guys from day one. One of the reasons why Moses never, you know, why he's not. Um, enjoying the life of Egypt was that as a young chap 
He took out an Egyptian and ran away and began to go through a lot for about 40 years and came back, sacrificed his whole life, risked everything and because there's no water. Now, even some of us are like, but Pastor Zach, water is important to but see all the things they forgot. They forgot that they were, it looked like they were going to eternally be in Egypt on, in slavery. Till Moses came. Are you with me? Confronted Pharaoh, one man, confronted Pharaoh. Did a whole lot of stuff. Released plagues. Parted seas. Fire followed them. Clouds followed them. Such a man. God, God's handwriting. Such a man. And, um, but these guys, their, their hearts are so far that their only response was that what? They gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our fathers, when our brethren died before the Lord. And they even spiritualized their carnality. How do many of us do that? You know, when a particular pastor had some crisis sometime in this nation, we saw some, I find it difficult to call them believers, join Muslims to go line and disrupt the service of God's children. They are bereft of God's ways. Are you together with me? bereaved of God. Listen, anything you do, are you listening to me? Anything you do that is not in line with the doctrine of Christ is strange. No matter how you feel. And do you know you cannot even go and look for one scripture to twist and agree with your foolishness. It has to follow the body of truth. Are we together here? That's why there is a justice system in the body of Christ. Are you together with me? That has the role of doing something. You see, there is order in the, in the, in the temple. Amen. There is order. It, it doesn't operate the way the world system operates. Are we together here? There are no human rights. Huh? Are you with me? There are no human rights. Human rights is a lesser. It is, human rights is, are corrupt. It's lesser than what God plans. What we have here is the love of God, not human rights. Are you with me? It's higher than human rights. So you see these guys lacking water and their responses. So you, you must judge your response many times. You find out how accurate is my response. We were a few months ago, I was looking at the story of Cain and Abel and how God was asking Cain, why are you angry? That somebody did something wrong and the Lord was judging him and the Lord was confronting him and the guy was angry. So our hearts must find God's ways, right? 
If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And so, uh, to put the Lord doesn't mean you are accurate. Are we here, friends? All right, let's read. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord? Into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt? Can you see these guys don't even understand anything. They don't even understand the promise of God. To it. They don't even, they are so, they are so far. And you know, you know why, we know what got them far from the ways of God is because they have always thought it's about them. You see, they didn't know it's about the promise of God and the purposes of God. And anytime, anytime you are the most, anytime your philosophy and your idea of life is about you, you will miss God. You see, the kingdom is the greatest purifier. When you think kingdom first, you'll be purified. When you think yourself first, you'll be corrupted. Praise God. So that's the, that's the challenge. That's the challenge of the humanistic movement, the movement of humanism, is that it focuses. He puts man first. When you put man first, you, you are in danger. Somebody say God first. God first. God first before man first. Are my friends here? Yes, God first. And that's and that's right. And that's right. They don't understand because. They think their motives are pure. You know, your motives are not pure if God is not what? If God is not first. Are we here, friends? Yes, to bring us to this evil place, it, it is not a place of grain of figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. All right. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the meeting and they fell on their faces and the glory of God appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the rod, you and your your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, it will yield its water, thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as the Lord has commanded. Now the point, you see, they were messing up, but yet God was answering them. God did not solve the problem by saying, and is that lack of water that will kill you guys? <laughs> and then we got them, and then we got to the book of Hebrews, and God said that these guys, I'm angry with them. So God, God can be answering somebody is angry at. It's not like us that our response to anger is to withdrawal of goodness. Yeah. Are you together with me? And so even though they got their miracle, there was still an issue. And that's the, and, and that's the point you have to understand before I, got it, before I go to the next point. That even though, even though you get the miracle, there's still an issue. He doesn't want you to live from miracle to miracle. He wants you to know his ways. So that, so that you walk with God into your next phase. You shouldn't fight with God into your next phase. So, so, so when you enter your next phase via complaint, you fought, you fought with God into your next phase. 
But you enter your next phase through envy. Because most likely you are definitely going to enter your next phase because you are a child of covenant. But the question is, how did you get in? So you can see that sometimes the process is for God, the miracle is for you. And God is able to give you a miracle and yet he says, I'm angry. And so we have to make a decision to find out the ways of God in whatever situation we find ourselves so that we will not lose credibility and yet we are testifying. Can I have your seat? So a lot of, a lot of testimony terms, the people testifying don't have credibility with God. So somebody is testifying and the angels are saying, look at him. You see, because you didn't believe God. So we have to know his ways so that we can flow with him. So the miracle is not the end game. It is how did you engage? And so you cannot understand that your greatest moments, your most valuable moments, are that moment of contradiction. Those are the moments where you can really tell heaven, heaven will know your kind of person. These are, your, these are the moments where you create a spiritual identity for yourself. You get my point now? So your, your contradictory moments are moments where you, you, you use your hand to describe yourself. So it's not enough you got the miracle. You have to walk with God. Huh? So when you walk with God, the miracle will definitely come. See? But now you have stature with God and now you're a friend of God. And then the Bible says the children, the people knew the works of God. But Moses knew what? The ways of God. So you find out that you can't have a relationship with him if you don't know his ways. You can't know his ways if you don't have a relationship with him. So many times when, when you are in a challenging time, as you ask God to change the situation, you should also ask him, what manner of person should I be? You must find that out. That, that what manner of person should I be now? And I know the kind of things he will say to you. He would say like, be a person of thanksgiving. He would say, be a man of praise. He will tell you, be a man of service. You need to find out. Are you together with me? Because that's his inheritance in the saint. So don't just say, when you have asked him to change your situation, ask him, God, what kind of man should I be now? Look at what is happening. What should I do? Then when he tells you what to do, then you now begin to build that. And that now becomes your spiritual identity. Because those guys didn't know that in the spirit they had given them a name. The children of rebellion. That was their identity in the spirit. And they are not useful with God. God will never find them useful. And guess what? God made sure all of them died. All of them. It took them of a journey from miracle to miracle. But death to death. He said, I swore in my wrath they will never enter my rest. 
I'm never going to bring them to, to myself. I don't have a, I will be, I will bless them, but I don't know them. And, and, and the effect of that is that, can I, t- can I talk to you? Yes, the effect of that is that you have a life, a type of life that, that doesn't have the seal of heaven. A lot of people have a life that doesn't have the seal of heaven. So, so the, the, their death, and the Bible says that to, to how, how did they say, to die is, how did Paul say it? That's the way Paul said it. He said to, to, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Now, for you, when, when you, your living is not Christ. So your dying is not gain. It means that you are not an investment. The reason you are not an investment is that life has not been solidified in you. So nothing was buried. You are not a seed. Whereas every child of God should be a seed. And what makes you a seed is not your new creation reality. What makes you a seed is your walk with God. Are you with me, friend? Yes. Your work with God. So, so as you perf- as you as you as you perfect the art of praying and using prayer to change things, make sure that you are also praying and asking God, "What manner of man am I meant to be in this situation?" When they told Jesus Lazarus is dead. He knew what to do. Don't panic was the information. Huh? Don't panic was the information. And don't go yet. You get my point? And they asked him, what's up? And he told them, Lazarus is asleep. That was what heaven said. Are you with me, friends? So, so don't be, don't, don't allow your situation, because there will be contrary situation. Don't allow it harass you or intimidate you. And that's why many times when I have anybody close to me who's going through a contrary situation, I like to provide some level of succor for you, because I don't want that situation to enter inside you. The, 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 you see, the water, the, when, when, when things are shaking around you, don't allow water to enter inside you. Hmm? which was the technology of our Lord Jesus Christ when there was a lot of crisis and the people were, you know, were scared. When, when the boat was shaking, the seas were contrary. And the Bible says Jesus Christ was asleep with a pillow. Are you with me? But they were not asleep with a pillow. How do you have Jesus in your boat and you're not doing what he's doing? So, there was, a, there was a cue for them there. Immediately they saw Jesus sleeping. The accurate response that day is sleep. So, praying for the sea to stop is not accurate. Even though that prayer can work, but it's not accurate. The sea will stop, but you are not a friend of God. Because you didn't walk with him. Am I preaching here? He said, that's why he didn't completely criticize them for praying. Because when he was going to respond to them, he said, oh, you have little faith. It means that there were some levels of faith in their waking him up to stop all of that. They had some faith, but that was not accurate. 
the accurate thing was to sleep. And that's why you have the spirit of God in you. The spirit of God will always let you know what Jesus is doing in whatever situation you are having. So whenever you, you are in a situation, find out what is the spirit. The spirit will mirror Christ. And sometimes you will just see Jesus sleeping. If Jesus is sleeping, you are better asleep. That's the essence of the spirit. He carries the witness of Christ. You see, but there are other areas you can respond from. You can respond from your emotion. You can respond from your intellect. You can respond from your brain. And you can respond from societal expectation. All those responses, even though you get a miracle because you're a child of God, those responses will make you far from God. You got the miracle, but you didn't get closer to Jesus. Are we together, friends? So you must find out. And I, I bet you, if you are born again, the spirit always has a witness. For John, it was told him that whoever you see the spirit fall upon, like a dove, he said, that's the Christ. He immediately saw that his disciples, he went and announced this is the Christ, right? His disciples left him and went to join Jesus. And people were like, guys, your ministry is crashing. He says, no, my ministry is not crashing. He's meant to increase why I decrease. You see, so he was responding based on the information given to him. There are other natural informations that he can respond by. Because don't think, don't think his spirit is a man also. How, how, how can your disciples immediately leave you? You know, men are wicked. They didn't even give him some, some month of notice. They left, some of them left him that day. Immediately he said, that's the Christ. They put Jesus in water. He said, that's the Christ. So they just said, okay, this guy is not the Christ. They left him, but the guy was not bitter. But the, the, the test came the second time when he was in jail. And he now sent someone to go and ask him, are you the Christ? Why? Because he was in jail. Are you with me? He was in jail. And I says, are you the Christ? Because I don't understand what's happening. I shouldn't be here. Then Jesus Christ now told him that the accuracy, the, what, what, where you should judge from is not that you are in jail. Go and ask what's going on. Jesus Christ now told him the blind see. That's, that's all. And that's the measurement of to judge what's accurate. He says, tell him the blind see, the deaf ear. The, best, the, the message is preached to the poor. Then judge life by that. It means that in that instance, Jesus has put accuracy not on John the Baptist's safety. Accuracy of divine will was not on John. Because many times you have an assumption that accuracy is inched on your well-being. That things are fine when I'm fine. No. I'll go and preach somewhere else. (laughs) Are you getting the point? So many times we have an assumption that accuracy is hinged on if we are fine. No, accuracy is not hinged on if you are fine. Accuracy is hinged on divine purpose. Are you with me? Is God fine? God has to be fine. And heaven is shocked that you are fine before God. You see, that, you see, that's why God doesn't check your emotions when he asks you to forgive. Yeah. 
You are not the first person. You are not the most important. God doesn't care about how you are feeling. Listen, and, and if, you, if you joke with, I'm talking to you actually, particularly. And if we joke with unforgiveness, especially when you start small, when you start, because sometimes unforgiveness comes and is quiet. It doesn't come as unforgiveness. You just cut off someone that God will have you cut off. You cut the person off. It stays there. It can be your father. It can be your mother. It can be your uncle. It can be your brother. Maybe your father. You cut the person off. And when you do that, because of unforgiveness, are you together with me? As a young person, by the time it grows, it becomes a jail. You understand? Am I preaching here? Now, I'm I'm not putting you on a guilt trip. No, I'm not. Why should I do that? I'm more skillful than that to put people on a guilt trip when I'm preaching. I'm more skillful than that. There will be seasons where some people are not, so stop thinking about the people that are no more in your life and you're trying to call them tonight. That's not, don't be carnal when you're listening to me. You get my yes, point? No. Yeah. Some relationships have to go. What I'm just talking about, the ones that the heart is still there. Yes, I'm talking about the ones that the, you retained the pain in your soul. I'm talking about retainment of pain that unforgiveness assures the retainment of pain that what unforgiveness is the one that makes sure whenever you have unforgiveness what that means is that the pain is still there and until you forgive the pain will not go so I'm not even talking about reconciliation and friendship I'm just talking about that pain has to go and what takes away the pain is forgiveness. Now, if you don't take away that pain early enough, demons will start growing in your soul. And when you grow up, you have, you have, mat- you know, a lot of demons have grown with some people. Yeah. See, see, some people, when you see some people, when you see some people behaving irrational, it's because they, they housed a demon. Some people have housed demons for 25 years. Yeah. And anybody who's close to them, they have become extremely manipulative. And it's because they are feeding a demon. And, and, and the demon knows a lot of things about that. And that's what fake prophets use many times. What fake prophets do is that they get a demon into a fake prophet through impartation from a jazz man. A demon comes on a fake prophet. So... That demon communicates with the demon the person they are talking to carries. So it is demon talking to demon. So because that's why it's called familiar spirit. It's a demon you have that knows you. So demon knows your address because you have been carrying it. Anytime you get a new apartment, the demon also does Thanksgiving in hell and say, I to change the layout. <laughs> because you, I'm telling you, you, you take the demon everywhere. The demon like, wow, this is a new area. <laughs> I tell you the truth, friends. I'm not even lying to you. I'm just telling you the exact truth. And so you grow and then, and then it becomes very more difficult. So you have to quickly take away the things the spirit will have you take away. Yeah, because the demons grow. As you feed them, they grow. Are you with me?
Did that make sense? So, so he wants you to know his ways, right? So that you can walk with him. All right, I think I have laid that emphasis good enough. I think I did good with that. I just think so. Amen. So, so when you now know his ways, then you cannot have a flow. And then you can now see the grace of God. You know, do you know that, uh, was it Paul said this? He said, I have learned to abound and to abase. Now look up. He now said, I can do all things to, through Christ that, what, that strengthens me. You see, because there is a circumstance called uh, abiding. Are you with me? There is, a, there is a circumstance called abasing. There is a circumstance called abounding. Abase means you are, you are disadvantaged. No money or something. But Paul says that I have lent. So it means that, it means that you can't respond with the emotion a situation brought. Because every situation has a follow-come emotion. And that emotion is the wing of the demon. I'll repeat. Every situation comes with an emotion and that emotion is how a demon is wooing you. You see, because there is legitimacy on feelings. Whenever you feel a certain way, because it's a feeling, you feel legitimate. For example, if I hit, if you hit, if somebody hits you with a punch, amen. Now, a demon wants to enter your heart. But he has to release an emotion. And so you feel cheated. Because you were cheated. Now that is a legitimate feeling. That helps you accommodate that demon. So that you can hit back. So the emotion is how the demon is winning you. Because if, if you don't have an emotion, you won't accept the demon. If the demon came and said, I'm a demon. But if it came and it made you self-pity, for example, is one way Satan woos you. You just feel pity for yourself. You feel pity. Ah, yeah, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a demon actually wooing you, but it has to go through your emotion. Yes, sir. So that there can be legitimacy. Because you have to say Yes. You have to say yes to God and yes to Satan. It's not automatic. How does God woo you? Bible study. Yes, sir. During Bible study, you get accurate perspective. Yes, sir. Money devotion. His presence woos you. Like, okay, this is accurate. But the enemy use your emotion. Hallelujah. How you feel. So Paul now said, I have learned. So it means that I went to school to go and learn how to abase. Meaning that when abasement came... The emotion it came with was not what I b- b- responded to. And I went to find out how should I respond to our basin. But the challenge many of us have is that the circumstance our emotion brings, we embrace it automatically because it comes with emotional appeal. All men are useless. Somebody was wooed. Somebody was hurt. Somebody was pained. The church is the problem of Nigeria. Something happened to somebody many years ago. Yeah. A pastor collected his money, lied to him. Are you with me? 
and then felt cheated, allowed pain, allowed bitterness, and then a demon entered. So I have the responsibility of learning how. And not responding to the circumstance. Not responding to the emotion the circumstance brings. Man and wife, what's the, what, 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 what's the basis for crisis? It's just people responding to how they are feeling. Yes, sir. How can he do this to me? How can he do this to me? The Satan says, really, out of all the women I know, you are one of the finest women. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go through this. <laughs> then you meet another person who already has that demon. Nothing. Ah. <laughs> Your husband did that. Kai. Okuri. Ah. <laughs> you can't trust men. No. You can't trust men. Kai. Hope you are fine. Hope you are taking care of yourself. Kai. <laughs> A demon is knocking. Hallelujah. Moving through your emotion. Very soon you say, I'm not doing again. It was a demon telling you that it's enough, it's enough. Is it that thing? I can't take it again. It's an information. It's not reality. Because you notice if you come to service, enter God's presence, you'll find out you can take it. How come you thought you couldn't take it? A demon. Irreconcilable differences. <laughs> Are you? you know, I even have a message prepared. Did I send it to you? Well, did I send you a message I prepared about demons, about how to deal with demons and all of that? I already have a message prepared, maybe for some time. Talk about your daily engagement with demons. <laughs> already prepared, don't worry. I think I sent it to you. Well, are you sure I did? I think I sent a voice note or something. So, you know, I have learned both to be full and to what? And to, give, me, give me KJV. So it means that the question is, do, naturally speaking, do you have to be learn, learn to be hungry? Naturally, how many of you have go, go and learn how to be hungry? So the point here is, hunger has its feeling. Hunger has its emotion. You get my point? By the time you have sown seed and sown seed and nothing happens and you are still hungry, then you say, hey, this thing. Can you? It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Lalu, you can sit down. Are we here? Yes, sir. So it says, I have learned. It means that I'm not going to allow the emotion hunger brings to control me. And I'm not going to allow the emotion plenty bring to, 
Do you know plenty? Satan uses hunger and he uses plenty. See, 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 when you have a lot, you wonder why that person is talking to you like that. You didn't wonder before. When you were poor, you didn't care. By the time you check your bank account, so I say, why, why are you? T- Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me say this to you. The reason why some, not everybody, some of you are humble and respect your pastor. <laughs> Listen, there is, by the time, see, by the time you have a lot of money and you relate with kings and priests, you would expect your pastor to know how to start talking to you. I'm telling the truth. See, if Paul can say he learned how to abound, don't discard it. See, by the time you have it, and you see the way people are, people are just bowing for you. People are respecting you. People who didn't used to see you before. People who said you were ugly before just say, you're looking good. Wow. For some men who were very poor, now are wealthy, sometimes their wife just becomes ugly to them. Look at the girl and say, Kai, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, please. <laughs> you have to learn. You know, some people have to, some people even will change spiritual father. Yeah. By the time you just have a spiritual father who is not at your level. You know the story of a pastor who had one boy who was very poor, became very wealthy. And then the guys reduced time of coming to church. The pastor, you know. After that, the guy had to get another person, started calling another person, spiritual father, and all of that. Yeah, it's real. But Paul says, I've learned. And that's why you need to start preparing. You see, one day God told me, he says, I'm going to bless you. But how you will be when I will bless you is in your hand, it's not in my hand. Yeah, I can't forget. I remember the exact place I was in when Kotunda. He said, he said, he said, no, he didn't say I'm going to bless you. He said, I have blessed you. He says, my blessing, I have already put it on you. But how you are going to be with this blessing is in your hands. So it's my responsibility to now learn how to abound. Some of you must learn how to abase. Some people in their state of abasement or abasing, you see them, you know, the demon of hopelessness enters into their heart. Sometimes the demon of greed. Sometimes lies steps in because they think they have to lie, you know, to, to get. Sometimes that's when the demon of, of um, stinginess enters because they think they don't have. It was the only Jesus that can make that kind of statement and say that what what you what that which you have, say he that says he does not have, that which he has will be taken away from him. So it means that there is nobody God sees you as not having. So there is no justification not to be a giver. And there is no time giving has been postponed to the future when you have no time. But you see, in your time of lack, 
the enemy will say, what do you want to give? Are we together, friends? So, let me show you one way of God and then one of the ways of God. You know, we're talking about knowing his ways so that we can walk with him. Let me show you one of his ways. There is one way of God called seed time and harvest. It's a way. Seed time and harvest. Give me that scripture. As long as the earth remains. Are you together with me? It says there's going to be what? Seed time and what? And harvest. Also, we'll look at, um, later we'll look at, I believe time will permit, we'll look at second, we'll look at um, second, um, is it Corinthians chapter 9, that says he gives um, seed to the sower and bread to the, to the eater. Are we together here? While the earth remains, Satan and harvest cold and heat winter, summer and day and night shall not what shall not see. So there is there is a law. I won't. I might not call it eternal, but as long as this earth remains, there is this stuff that God has released. Are you with me? Now this thing is meant to do something. If you don't know how to operate this thing, you will struggle. In what this thing is meant to achieve. Are you together with me? So it means that. If you have a contrary situation. That responds to this. If you don't learn this. In that contrary situation. For example when there was no water. One of the things John of Israel was meant to be doing. Is to thank God. Remember what God has done in the past. And respond in thanksgiving. Which will assure this victory. Consistent with this law was what um, David to take out Goliath. Goliath was greater than him. He didn't have a sword. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, equal to the task. What did he do? There's another message we'll look at. We'll, we'll look at something. I think I sent you that about gratitude. What did I call it? Look for it. He looked at um, um, Goliath, and and, and 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 he was saying that he the God. You know, who gave me victory over the bearded God who gave me victory. So he looked at a past victory and um, and um, brought that reality back and then um, took out Goliath. Now, that's a principle that anytime you are facing something bigger than you, you ought to look back and remember what he has done and slap thanksgiving on it and faith. Then that mountain will crash. Now, that is the way of God. Now, so, when any, when anytime something is bigger than you, is, is in front of you, if you don't use that technology, even though you get a miracle in the future, you haven't worked with God. Yes. Are we together with me? So, there is a way of God you must release to situations and circumstances. What, what? It's a tool of multiplication, gratitude. It's another series, whenever we'll do that. Now, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me show you something there. All right. 
Can we start from somewhere that has a little more context? Are you blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Are you learning something? Yes, All right, thank you. God bless you. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good. There's a lot here, but as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So he has, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor. So the poor has something that God gave to the poor, right? Now, may he who supplies seed, so, look at this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Are we together here? So, may he who supplies seed. So, there is a God in heaven who you have a relationship with your father. There's something he can vouch for. And it's that he has given you seed. When you say God has not given you seed, you have called him a liar. It's a scripture that describes him. He said he who supplies seed the sower. So there is a supply of seed. Now, now, the enemy wants you to think that you are poor and interpret that poverty is lack of seed. Anytime you have lack, you think that when they are talking about seed, they are not talking about you. But don't forget the preceding scripture said he has dispersed to the poor. He says, I gave to when I saw your poor be, I gave you something. But what I gave you did not stop you from being poor. You are still poor, but you have something. And that causes seed. So you must know how to do business with a seed. A lot of you don't know how to you don't know how to do business with a seed. It's one of his ways. You must know how to how to do business with a seed. Before Jesus came, how many sons of God did we have on the earth? Huh? Eh? None. What I'm teaching you is the very principle of, 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 of salvation. This thing. When Jesus was coming, even though there was no, there was nobody saved, they were not afraid. He himself said it. There was nobody saved. The only son he had was one. And that did not make him want to keep it. So, so, so he was poor in sons, but he had the seed of his son. So poverty is never lack of seed. 
You, are ne- you don't lack seed. Yes. The enemy lied to you. Yes, sir. You have seed. Because a lot of us think that when God bless me, I will not have seed. No, he says. <laughs> Is anybody that has seed here? Yes. Has seed. A lot of us don't know. A lot of us, a lot of us appreciate harvest more than seed. A lot of us, our eyes are on harvest. Whereas your eyes should be on your seed, not on harvest. You see, to put your eyes on harvest is wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking because seed is contained in harvest. But not just that. Seed is the engine for harvest. There can never be harvest until a seed is properly used. Now, not just that you have a seed, though, you must understand that is seed and you must know how to use it. Because Jesus did not say, when, when God had one son, they didn't feel like, let's keep this one. No. Is it because if it was you that had one son, you would not even let him come to this earth. See? Before I, without the son again, he released him. And Jesus testified of himself. He said, except a seed of corn falls down and dies. He was talking in the context of Regeneration of, of saving mankind. It was instead of except the seed of corn falls down and dies, it abides alone. So, so the protection and the keeping and the fridging of your seed is the, is the reason why you, you are not prosperous. And you fridge your seed. A lot of you, you have put decoration, you put repeat. Ribbon or your seed. You must know how to do business with a seed. I tell you the truth. When God looks at somebody who is poor, it doesn't, it doesn't give him a harvest. It gives him a seed. If you don't know what to do with a seed, you can't do anything with a harvest. If you can't operate a seed, you, you see, a harvest, you, God will never give somebody who cannot. Are we together here? Yes, Go back. That scripture you just put, that Jesus statement. Is it entering in? Yes, sir. It must enter in as a way. I'm not just giving you a teaching. I'm showing you the way of God. And friends, this thing that I'm teaching you, I bet you it is exact, precise. If you, if you, re- if you release it, 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 to say it will work is, is not accurate. It, it's been working before you started releasing it, so yeah. it's, not, it's not you that will prove it's working. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I say to you, most assuredly, so if you are criticizing how I'm saying it, this, Jesus said it the same way. What I just said now, that I'm sure, this is how Jesus said it too. I say to you, unless, are we together here? Come, come, come. I don't know if you are getting this point. What's the meaning of unless? 
no other way. So when we're talking about prosperity and increase, he says there is no other way. Any other route you try, you will offend God. Is this no other way? Ah. Today is the first day I'm understanding an encounter I had today, right now. I had an idea of the encounter, uh, uh, but now I understand. I've shared the encounter before, but I didn't even understand it. They were teaching me something I didn't even know, and I've had an encounter many years ago. One man who understands this thing had an encounter. I don't like him. I went, he, made, he said, I know you don't like him. I told you, I don't like you. Don't like you. you don't used to preach eternal life. You preach eternal life. All this is your preaching. And then God sent him to impact me. He held me. He hugged me. He hugged me tight and fell me on the floor and was ruling me on the floor. And opened my mouth and began to pour seeds into my mouth. Yeah. Somebody say, unless. Unless. And do it around 55 days of fasting. <laughs> this one does not go by prayer and fasting. Poverty and being alone does not go by prayer and fasting. <laughs> he says this is the only thing that answers to increase. Friends, this is the only thing that answers to increase. Even God wanted to increase sons. This is what he used to increase sons upon the face of the earth. Jesus was talking here in the context of salvation. Saving the world. Getting people saved. He said except a grain of wheat falls into the ground. And what? And dies. You can see that. And dies. I don't know if you have time. I don't know. But this thing has to do with your life, I'm telling you. You see, me, I know, is in my, what I'm teaching you is in my spirit. It's my way of life. So if you go home because there's no time, it's not my problem, it's your concern. I'm not, I'm not preaching to prove that I know it. I did that in university. To preach, to show that I know Bible. I don't do that again. Yeah, I don't have a reason to do that again. I'm living life now. So, unless, this is the only way, I tell you the truth, I lie not to you, this is the only way for increase. In all areas of life, this is the law of increase. This, so, if you, if you don't know this way, and you are engaging increase outside this way, Hebrews chapter 3 will happen to you. It says, they err in their hearts. So, in the context of increase, if you don't apply, this is the way. It says, they, do, they have not known my ways. So this is the way of increase. So you can only engage increase through this way. Wow. Am I preaching here? Yes, so pity does not bring increase. Using style to let people know you have problem does not bring increase. Because some of you any small thing you put it on your on your status, it will give me this. It will others don't say what's the what's the, what's the, what's the <laughs> First perfect the way of God. Yeah. Are you with me? I need to know that you are engaging this way. Wow. Go stay there. 
But if it dies, so two things. It has to fall to the ground. It has to die. Or else to what? It will remain alone. So one of the ways for your life and things not to progress is that if what is meant to have gone to the ground does not go to the ground. If it doesn't go to the ground, if you don't let it go, you remain alone. And sometimes the reason you don't let it go is because you think you don't have. You see, the challenge is that, the question I want to ask is that, what do you want? Is it what you have or harvest? We pray for harvest, but we, we, we stay with what we have. So, God is, God is not sure which one to answer. Should I answer the prayer of preserving what you have? Or I should bring harvest? We pray for harvest, we behave like we are okay. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So it has to fall into the ground. And second thing, that it has to die. Now, let me tell you what dies. It's not just the seed that dies. Because, you see, can I? I don't know if I can. I don't know if you love me. I agree. I don't know if you, I'm just begging you. I'm just begging you. <laughs> My brother, can I just? <laughs> I don't know. We should not go and beat me outside. <laughs> They beat Moses now. So, I mean, they really, they really beat Moses. So, so you see, the, the, the life of that seed is in your attachment to it. So, even when it falls down, that seed is still yours if it has not died inside. So stop using your eye to track a seed <laughs> that you released. <laughs> because sometimes, and when I'm talking seed, you know, I would have just said it's not about money. No, me, I'm not that kind of preacher. I'm not that kind of preacher. Money is a key thing I'm talking about. Eh? But there are other things which I'll mention. Sometimes when you release it, you are looking at it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when God, and whether money, whether anything, when God tells you to drop something, sometimes you even drop something that is meant to be a seed and you are expecting a level of thanksgiving from the soil that you sowed it into. And you are angry that the seed you sowed, the person you sowed it to did not thank you. They didn't reply your text. She didn't cut the last week. Hey, hey, do quite now. You see, and sometimes you equate a seed to helping someone. There's help, which is part of the gospel. There is helping. Are you with me? It's not the same as seed. In the context of what I'm preaching. In the context of what I'm preaching. Because actually all our actions are seeds. So in the long run, help is a seed. Because the Bible tells us that he that gives to the poor borrows the Lord. 
enjoying this way of God. So, when that you have released it, are you together with me, friends? It's not everything. The question is, did it die? What attachments are you still attached to it? Did you give a seat and you saw the saw you put it, you know, do it and say, ah, oh, me, no, 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 If you go to give away, you go, yeah, that's Jeffy, me, too, you know, You see, in the natural, it's like planting corn. And every Tuesday, you dig the ground to check. You just dig the ground. Uh, <laughs> it has to die to you. Die in you. It's not my own. I didn't, I'm, I'm not being kind. I don't need to be appreciated. I don't need, now, should the person not appreciate us? I'm not preaching to the person. I'm not preaching to the soils that receive seed. I'm preaching to the sower. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, don't, don't look for the sower's message for, your, for the, the, the soil's message. I'm talking to the sower. So, it dies. Many of us give it, but it doesn't die. In fact, you begin to count it. You put it, you count it and say, what are, what are things I've lost? You count it as a loss. Like, ah, whatever. Ah, this is what I lost. It's as if they robbed you. Ah, I'm going lose. I'm going lose. Ah, I'm going lose. I'm going lose 50K. I'm going lose 100K. Sometimes you even have a need. You say, ah, if I had not given that seed. It's still alive. It's still your own. You are still doing mass with it. Didn't die. It's like I'm talking about your story. Love you, the way. <laughs> because when you are feeling this message, it's as if, I say, I love you, pity yourself. Say, ah. I said, I say, ah, ah. <laughs> has to die. How does it I count it as a privilege? You see, farmers rejoice when they give them a seed. Anytime the government says there's a new initiative, we're giving farmers 50,000 seedlings of this. Ah, I don't rejoice. That should be your response to seeding. That's how, that's how to kill it. Because it's the sense of loss that makes, that makes things alive in us. Pain. But you have to rejoice that. Wow! It gladdens my heart. Last time God led me to sow a seed, I sowed it with a video of dance. I did a video for myself. Dancing and rejoicing. Whether I felt like it or not is immaterial. Mm-hmm. I was rejoicing and dancing. And I did, my, I did a video of myself. Because it has to. Because it says that 
but if it dies. So it means that he has separated falling to the ground and what? And dying. You know Jesus fell to the ground by coming to the earth. You know dying on the cross is a second ball game. Am I preaching here? And it was not the same as coming. Coming did not equate him dying. If he came without dying, there's no harvest. If Jesus came to the earth without dying, there's no harvest. Are you with me? The coming was his decision. The dying was his decision. It was the harvest that was not his decision. It was God that that resurrected him, according to scripture. But you see, the, the, the coming, the falling to the ground, and it was one decision. It came, it's a decision. Because the prophet explained to us and said, who shall I say, I might send me. It was a decision. He came. Are you with me? But when he was going to die, he took another decision. Because he said, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass over. That was the time to die. In fact, when he said, God to Christ, he said, my father, my father, why are you forsaking me? It was later I said, it is finished. Are you with me? He told them, he said, listen, when God released him, the power to die was given to Jesus. And he told them, he said, listen, if I call, now the will was for him to die. But he told them, if I call 12 legions of angels to come, they will come. It means that he had power to make sure he didn't die. It has to be something you choose to do. Are you with me? He says, if it dies, it produces much. So how do you enter much? Knowing how to drop a seed and making sure it dies. That's the only way you enter much. Friend, listen, this is my message. Don't stress yourself. Conclude. Nobody will teach you otherwise. This is the way for much grain. QED. There's no much grain. This is the way to much grain. Listen, a major reason for the prosperity of America and all those European nations. It's not only their technology and all that. It's the seeds they sow. I'm telling you the truth. The, the seed of the gospel they sow to Africa, the seed they are still sowing. Listen, they are the ones doing us. All these colonial masters. If they have no apples, will not be here. They apples. Some of you have universities because of donations from this, from that, from that. Stop being, stop stressing yourself. If they leave you, if they leave you with Buhari. Hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Though. See, oh, say I'm going to the UK to study a scholarship. And tell, those guys are still giving us scholarship to today. Yes. We will still be abusing them. The white men, the white men plundered us. They are still taking care of us. Yes. COVID would have finished us. They send us materials. They send us vaccine. Those people help us very well. <laughs> I'm serious. Though. It's part of uh, the foreign policy of America. Is enshrined in their constitution to make sure Israel is okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a foreign policy. It's enshrined in their law. It's a foreign to take care of Israel. It's a foreign. Israel is our ally. They will tell another nation if you try Israel, we go waste to now. We go, we don't want to know is right or wrong. We go waste to now. The reason why some nations can't try Israel is because of America. See, we'll be with you. 
Those are seeds. It's not joko. So, when you want to step into much grain, you have to know how to do business with seed. Ten more minutes, I end it. Ten more minutes. You can see that, brother. So, it has to die, right? So, I've told you how it dies. I've told you what it means for it to die. When you are still attached to it, when you think you deserve a thank you, you understand? When you think that you are the one making somebody's life better. Listen, it is the, the great eye. That, that, because it's, what is another, I don't want to go to other aspects of it. You see, because the, the soil, are you with me? The soil, the seeds, the seed enters, is, is, has the authority. Are you with me? That's where the authority to bless the seed is. So it's the soil that carries the authority. So if you don't understand how to use seed, because you don't understand the business of seeding, you have an assumption, because your seed is too precious to you, you have an assumption that your seed was what bettered the soil. Your seed did not better the soil. It was the soil that made it possible. You, you say you will drink your seed. Without soil, you will swallow your seed. It is the soil that, that brings out, that not just the harvest of a seed. So without a soil, the seed is useless and worthless. So, if you don't understand that, you think your seed is superior to the soil. So, you think you are doing the soil a favor. You are deceiving yourself. So, thank the soil that received your seed. You see, because a sower went to sow seed. Even though the seed was the word of God, the soil determines whether there will be produce or not. He said the seed is the word. So the, the, the prosperity of the seed is inched on the soil. So the soil is superior to you have to see it like that. You have to change your mind and work, renew your, your mind. See, who blessed who? Was it Abraham that blessed Melchizedek? Or Melchizedek blessed Abraham? Now you get it. But who gave cash? But who did the Bible say blessed who? So did he count what Abraham gave Melchizedek as a blessing? It was the pronunciation of Melchizedek and the wine and the bread that he gave Abraham, are you together with me? And don't forget the basis of this conversation was that I'm not going to collect anything from you, the king of Sodom. Why? So that it will not be said that I am blessed. Are you with me? So I'm not going to collect from you so that it will not be said. So the point is, Abraham said that if you give me, it means that what Sodom and Gomorrah was going to give him, what the king of Sodom was going to give him, was going to make him blessed. Because if he was not huge, he wouldn't say, so that. People will not say, you are going to bless me. Are you together with me? But that I will not be blessed is not, we can't argue it. The question is, who will bless me? Are you with me? 
So he did not collect from Sodom. They now went to collect from Melchizedek. And when he was going to collect from Melchizedek, what he did was to give. So it means that, are you together with me? What he, what he didn't want through Sodom, he got it through Melchizedek. And he got it with a what? With seed. Am I preaching here? Am I talking to you, friends? You see, if, if these things don't reconfigure your mind, you are not doing business with seed. It has to reconfigure. It has to change your mind. You have to readjust your mind. Glory to God. So you can see that God gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. The seeds are the constituents of harvest, and also seed is the engine for harvest. Are you blessed now? So you have to learn how to drop it, and when you do, you have to learn to make sure it dies. Can I preach here? So, if you are going to enter into that much, that much grain or much whatever, are we friends here? It means that I need to find out. I must have the wisdom to know what must die. Because the prosperity of God is inched on the death of something. So, it means that whenever I'm thinking prosperity, there is something around me that must die. So I need to find out what's dying. Not only money. So when God wants to bring you into much more, he he signals you to what must die. Because that's how he increases. So if you are going to increase, something must die. Are you with me, friends? Sometimes pride must die. Sometimes arrogance, arrogance must die. Sometimes your rights must die. But you must find out what must, what must die. If it's prosperity, something must die. Are we together here? You see, if, if Abraham is going to be the father of faith, what must die? Isaac must die. Isaac must die. So that was, that was the, all those promises they were giving him. What must die was Isaac. Be the father of this, you be this, those promises inched on the death of Isaac. Are you with me? Yes, the death of Isaac. So immediately, and how do we know Isaac died? Isaac died in his heart. Because he took a knife. That seed fell down and what and died. Then God now appeared to him and said, Now, my covenant, I know this, I know that. Are you together with me? You see, because one of the ways God tests your love for him is your ability to kill what you love. Yes, 
One of the ways God tests your what? Your love for him. He will ask you to kill what you love. Yeah. Say, take it out. Then, you step, can I say this one? I hope you, I pray you understand. Immediately you kill what you love, you disconnect from the realms of mere men. And you enter the realm of glory. Every time. Yeah. That is your transport fare to glory realms. Yeah. 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 If you keep what you love, you stay there. You stay with it. If you kill what you love, God calls you to glory. So sometimes for your finances to be part, you see, angels don't bless those who keep money. You know, there's no reason for that. It is those who go on that, who can use it as seed. Yes. Then, because you see, when you keep money, which is a basic, listen, I'm not preaching against saving. You know that. Don't distract me. I'm not preaching against saving. I save. I save. I save. My color will soon expire by the end of December. I save. I plan. The color that is ending December, I've been, um, August, end of August, I've been saving it since, since, um, since January or December last year or this year. December, January this year. For like eight months. Untouchable. Nothing touches it. I save. It's the wisdom of God because God does not supply all you need at once. So if you need one million, he gives you 100,000 ten times. If you don't know, that's your problem. You are spending it. Say, I'm waiting for one million. I'm waiting for The major prophecy I remember over your life was when I called you and told you you are in a season where you must seriously. Do you remember? Serious. I called him. I said, you must seriously save. And I know why God told me. God even gave me an update of that prophecy last week. And I hope you are doing it. Because there's going to be one, there's a time. I'm pastor. I called, I called my member to seriously save by the word of the Lord. Yeah. So I save. I'm not talking against saving. But God, God has blessed you sometimes when it comes for it. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid. <laughs> Will he come for my saving? <laughs> can you come upstairs? Yes, you see, the way your seed can die is to have installed an app called death inside you already. It's not what you use for each seed. It should be a state that you are in. So you install that up. How, how do you die? Alive in him. Not alive in what you have. You must be alive. So your confidence is not in what you have. Your confidence must be in him. That's how you die to things. Anything that can't go is a testimony that in that area you are not in Christ. You know what it means for, for a man to take out his only son? It's a life in God. For a man to take a knife to take out his son, then God knows this is a proof this guy loves me. Are you with me? Are we together now? What were we talking about? I was saying something. I was saying something. Huh? You said what? So you, you need to know what must die. 
Praise God. Let me not rush you. Let me even end it here. <laughs> Let me end it here. We have, we have, we have time. You need to know what must die. Father, how do you know what must die? How, how do you get to know what must die? Sometimes the Spirit of God will tell you. Some other times you use you lose your joy in using it on yourself. It has to die. It's your own, but you wanted to use it on yourself and you lost your joy. You lost your peace. It has to die. Because fruits have a taste. Seed have a taste. The fruit is sweet. The seed is not sweet. So anything you want to eat and you notice lack of sweetness inside, don't force yourself. That's how to know you are meant to fast also. Yes, Have you woken up in the morning and food, you want to eat, you felt like asking for forgiveness. Yes. <laughs> Drop it. That food has to die. There's a glory to attain. Yes. You got something and you just wanted to eat it for yourself and you just, you just can't. But like this thing that you're teaching me now, I will not start learning it. I will not know the one that is. I'll give you the one I'm not going to give you. If you know what I'm preaching, if you know the value of what I'm preaching, even if you make mistakes, is what it. Is what the lesson. All right, God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>